Section 23, Chapter 18, More About Nazareth. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Reading by Rita Boutros. Bardstown, three miles distant from Nazareth Academy in Nelson County, Kentucky, was occupied successively by the Union and the Confederate armies. Some hostile engagements had taken place in the vicinity of the town and in the neighboring counties, and as a result, the place was kept in a state of feverish anxiety. The victories and the defeats were attended with the usual result, killed and wounded men and sickness and suffering on all sides. Here again, the peaceful aid of the sisters came at an opportune time. Fully aware of the great need there was for experienced nurses, the mother in charge of Nazareth sent a devoted band of sisters to the Baptist Female College in Bardstown, which had been temporarily fitted up for hospital uses. On their arrival, they found that they had to care for a large number of disabled Confederate soldiers. They quickly began their humane work and carried it to a successful completion. The Confederates were on the march, and their wounds had to be bound up quickly or not at all. When they had withdrawn from the town, taking with them their convalescents, the Union forces came in. Their sick and wounded were also nursed by another band of the same sisters at St. Joseph's College, which was conducted by the Jesuit fathers, but which, of course, at that time was not in educational use. Thus, in the midst of civil strife, with the bullets flying thick and fast, did the sisters work under one flag, a flag that was respected by northerner and southerner alike, the flag of humanity. Some of the episodes connected with the work of the sisters was of an exciting and dramatic nature. Late one night in September 1862, twelve Confederate soldiers in their gloomy gray uniforms marched into Nazareth, after a wearisome journey from Lexington, Kentucky. They were received, as all visitors are, with kindness and hospitality. They came to ask the sisters to nurse their sick and wounded comrades. The request was granted at once. How many sisters can you spare for the work? Six now and more later, if necessary, was the prompt reply. When will they be ready to return with us? This very night and at once was the incisive reply. Such promptness was as surprising as it was pleasing to the couriers. That very night, six sisters, without anything beyond the familiar garb which they wore, their usual rosaries and a few books of devotion, started on their mission, ready if need be, to offer up their lives in what they believed to be the service of God. They proceeded on their long journey under the protection of a flag of truce, Resting in a farmhouse one night, and in Frankfurt, the capital of the state, the next, they finally reached Lexington in safety. In a few hours they were installed in one of the large halls in that city, which had been fitted up for hospital purposes, and without any preliminaries they began at once to minister to the sufferers who were collected there. Later in the same year, another band of Sisters of Nazareth nursed the Union soldiers in one of the colleges in another quarter of the city. As far as can be ascertained, this was Transylvania University. 
Events that took place about that time proved that the Sisters believed no material sacrifices were too great when made in the cause of suffering humanity. In the spring of 1862, General Smith, who was then in command of the Union troops, nearly 7,000 strong, in Paducah, southern Kentucky, asked the Nazareth Sisters to come to the assistance of the many sick and wounded soldiers scattered about that city. He had been advised to make the request by Dr. Hewitt, who had the general superintendence of all the hospitals in that section of the country. Dr. Hewitt was a man of great executive ability who stood in the very forefront of his profession. He had great faith in the ability of the sisters as nurses. He was a convert to the Catholic Church and a brother of the saintly superior of the Paulist Fathers of New York City. As no communication could be had with the mother of the house at Nazareth at this time, owing to the disturbed condition of affairs, the request caused the sisters some perplexity. Only for a time, though, a conclusion was soon reached. Sister Martha Drury at that time was at the head of St. Mary's Academy, probably the leading educational institution in Paducah. She resolved to close the schools and go with all of her sisters to the relief of the soldiers. They went first to the Marine Hospital and then moved to the courthouse, which was known as the Central Hospital. Their experiences in this place were similar to those of the sisters who were engaged in the hospitals at Louisville. Their greatest difficulty was experienced in caring for those soldiers who were afflicted with contagious diseases. Typhoid and similar fevers held sway in their most virulent form. The havoc that war had made in the human frame was painfully evident in this particular hospital. After the close of the war, the sisters returned to their academy, which exists in the town today in a flourishing condition. It will ever remain as a monument to that brave little band of sisters who gave up their peaceful pursuits to minister to the afflicted, and it will ever be pointed out as the house from which Sister Mary Lucy, the gentle little teacher, went forth to meet her martyrdom, a martyrdom as blessed in the sight of heaven as any ever undergone by the saints of old. The gentleness and devotion with which the sisters nursed all of the wounded soldiers, no matter what the color of their uniform and regardless of rank, was not unappreciated by either the boys in blue or the boys in gray. Throughout the whole of the war, with but few exceptions, their institutions, mother houses, and places of learning were exempt from the usual ravages of internecine strife. This is especially true of the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth. Being in close proximity to the contending armies and their camps, great apprehensions were felt at one time for the safety of Nazareth. This, too, in spite of the fact that the daughters and other relatives of the general officers of both sides were still pupils in the school. At intervals during the war, some of the generals called at Nazareth for the purpose of visiting their children. On these occasions, they were always hospitably entertained. Although the sisters felt comparatively safe, they desired some official assurance of that fact. 
As is usual in such cases, over-timid persons, generally friends of the pupils, now and then sounded alarms. The following letter, received by the mother superior from General Wood, the original of which is still in possession of the sisters, reassured the community that it need not fear an intrusion of the military into the sacred precincts. General Wood was in command of the Union troops. Letter Headquarters, U.S. Forces, Bardstown, Kentucky, January 20, 1862. To the Lady Superior and Sisters of the Convent of Nazareth, I have just had the pleasure to receive by the hands of your messenger the very polite and complimentary note of the Right Reverend Bishop Spaulding, and I hasten to apprise you that it is my earnest desire and intention to afford you perfect protection and the enjoyment of all your rights both as an institution and as ladies individually. It is my earnest wish and intention to secure you and your ancient institution, which has educated so many of the fair daughters of my own native state, Kentucky, from all molestation and intrusion, and to this end I pray you will not hesitate to make known to me any grievances you may have on account of any misconduct on the part of any officer or soldier under my command. I assure you it will be equally my duty and my pleasure to attend to any request you may have to make. I beg you to dismiss all apprehensions on account of the presence of the soldiery in your sacred neighborhood and to continue your peaceful and beneficent vocations as if the clangor of arms did not resound in our midst. I have the honor to be, ladies, your very obedient servant. Signed, Theodore J. Wood, Brigadier General, Commanding. Will you do me the favor to send the accompanying note to Bishop Spaulding? Later on, Nazareth must again have been in dread of military trespass, for one of its patrons, Honorable James Guthrie of Louisville, Secretary of State under a previous administration, applied to President Lincoln, for protection of the institution. The president graciously issued the necessary orders, saying that the violation of such orders by any of the commanders would invoke his serious displeasure. General Smith, Drs. Hewitt, Fry, Kay, Austin, and the officers of the Union Army surrounded the sisters with every mark of respect and esteem, and they in turn devoted all their energies to ameliorating the condition of the suffering soldiers. In addition to the labors of the Sister of Charity of Nazareth already mentioned, they did very effective work in the neighborhood of Owensboro and Calhoun, Kentucky. At the last-named place, the sick and wounded soldiers were quartered in the two Protestant churches of the town. The sisters entered these places and attended the sufferers there with the same diligence and patience that characterized their work in every other locality. When sisters had to be removed on account of their own illness, their places were promptly supplied by other sisters. Reinforcements were on hand to fill every gap in the ranks. As before mentioned, the sisters of Nazareth neither required nor received compensation of any sort. The hundreds of brave souls that have passed away since the war have no doubt ere this received their, this reward in a better world. 
Dr. Foster, who was engaged in the Louisville hospitals while the Sisters were there, wrote eulogistic articles about them in the Louisville papers at that time, but unfortunately these papers were not preserved. The famous convent school from which these Sisters came forth to do their great work is worthy of more than passing notice. The organization known as the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth was founded by Right Reverend John B. David, D.D., who was consecrated the first Bishop of Bardstown, now the Diocese of Louisville, in 1810. Henry Clay, who knew this good man well, pronounced him the best representative of royalty off the throne. The bishop, with the Right Reverend B.J. Flagett, built the little log cabin near Bardstown, which was to be the birthplace of the new order. It was a success from the start. This was largely due to the piety and administrative capacity of the mothers in charge. They were sketched in an article in the Catholic World a few years ago. The first of these was Catherine Spaulding, a member of the eminent Kentucky family of that name. She held the position of superior for more than a quarter of a century, and by her great intellect and modesty, won the affection and admiration of all with whom she came in contact. On her death in 1858, she was attended by another distinguished member of her family, Right Reverend Martin J. Spaulding. After her came Mother Frances Gardner, who proved a worthy successor to a worthy superior. The last of this notable trio was Mother Columba Carroll in the world, Margaret Carroll. For 35 years she was directress of studies and teacher of the first and second classes. In 1862, when the Civil War was beginning to rage fiercely, she was elected superioress and for 10 years held that position with credit to herself and the convent school. While Mother Columba took no active part in caring for wounded soldiers, she was nevertheless the presiding genius of the establishment at that time and directed the movements of the sisters with extraordinary tact and good judgment. She held many interviews with persons in power, and thus warded off petty annoyances and troubles. The occasion of Mother Columba's Golden Jubilee was celebrated with great fervor by the community on February 22, 1877. A drama written by Sister Seraphia, entitled Religion's Tribute to Our Mother on Her Golden Jubilee, was performed by the pupils and was one of the most successful features of an elaborate program. One of the touching incidents of the celebration was a poem inspired by the venerable Sister Martha, one of the original five that started at Old Nazareth and addressed to Mother Columba. Mother Columba was one of the first pupils under the care of Sister Martha. The following lines from this graceful offering are worthy of a place here. There are many today, dear mother, who are crowning your head with gold and writing fine things of the record your fifty long years have told. And I, too, should come with the others, my offering before you to cast. But I am old, and my thoughts, dear mother, somehow will fain run on the past. On the days when our Nazareth, dear Nazareth, was not like what Nazareth is now, our dear Lord only knew how. Then we spun and we wove and we labored, like men in the fields, and our fare was scanty enough, and our garments were coarse, and our feet often bare. 
when we lived like the ravens and sparrows. In the following year, Mother Columba's earthly career closed, but the force of her example still lives in the hearts of those who were fortunate enough to be her pupils and associates. Mothers Catherine, Francis, and Columba made a truly wonderful trio. They helped to give Nazareth the reputation it enjoys today, and while the school exists, their memory will endure. The Sisters of Charity of Nazareth are particularly known in Kentucky, and they are to be found wherever suffering humanity calls. The ancient house at Nazareth is the mother from which have sprung 47 branch houses in various parts of the country, schools, orphan asylums, and hospitals. Perhaps the most conspicuous of the latter is the Mary and Elizabeth Hospital in Louisville, founded by William Shakespeare Caldwell as a memorial to his wife and a tribute to the sisters who educated her. The mother house is located a few miles south of Bardstown, which is 40 miles from Louisville. The buildings are extensive and imposing. There is a presbytery, a convent, an academy, a chapel, and the commencement hall. In the old-fashioned hall are full-length portraits of Bishops Flagett and David and Father Chambige. The library contains 5,000 volumes, and in the corner is an excellent bust of the late Archibald Spaulding. Mother Helena is the present superior, and in the administration of her office, she has clung to the best traditions of the past. I am sure I will be pardoned for digressing sufficiently from the main subject of this volume to mention a few of the distinguished patrons and graduates of this institution. The patrons included Henry Clay, who sent his daughter, granddaughter, and great-granddaughter there, Judge Benjamin Winchester, John J. Crittenden, Judge John Rowan, Zachary Taylor, Jefferson Davis, James Guthrie, George D. Prentice, and Charles Wycliffe. The graduates include Sarah Knox Taylor, daughter of President Zachary Taylor, Madame Henrietta Spaulding, now superior of the Sacred Heart Convent in Chicago, the first wife of Jefferson Davis, Mary Eliza, daughter of James Breckenridge of Kentucky, Mary Gwendolyn Caldwell, the original benefactress of the Washington University, the wife of United States Senator Vance of North Carolina, the four nieces of Jefferson Davis, all converts, Mary Anderson, whose professional career is as much a matter of pride to the good sisters as her private virtues, and Miss Taney, the author of the state poem, The Pioneer Women of Kentucky, written for the World's Fair. Such is the institution that furnished so many nurses for the camps and the hospitals. This concludes Chapter 18, More About Nazareth.